Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa, a spiritual community that promotes global transformation through personal transformation. At the Center, we are motivated by a compelling vision of a healthy, loving world, which we call the Global Heart Vision. This vision inspires us to bring the gifts of compassion and loving-kindness to the world through our ministries and teaching. What you are about to hear is a recording of a message delivered at the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa. Feel welcomed. Feel at home. Ketanji Brown Jackson. Took the judicial oath on Thursday, becoming the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. Said Derek Johnson, the president of the NAACP, Justice Jackson will bring a voice and a vote of compassion, respect for human rights, and honor for the rule of law. Mm. My colleague, Reverend Scott Aubrey, wrote this in response. O infinite presence, I celebrate the benevolence, judiciousness, and diversity of the one human family. Thank you, Spirit, for the standard bearers of kindness and justice who walk among us, for their willingness to serve, to be a voice for the goodness of us all. Amen. Ah, A light, a light in the darkness. You know, I can't help it, but whenever I see a light like this in the darkness, <laughs> now don't judge me. All right, go ahead and judge me. I think of the lyrics from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and as bizarre as that seems, it's very comforting to me. In the velvet darkness of the blackest night, burning bright, there's a guiding star. No matter who or what you are, there's a light burning bright in the darkness of everybody's life. It really is the message of our teaching. That at the center of all life, there is a permanent and persistent light that we did not create and we cannot uncreate. And though it may be covered covered over, disguised, forgotten, neglected, it persists forever and ever. Amen. I've been looking for the light recently, fervently, more fervently these days. Sometimes it's a day-to-day exercise, you know. Sometimes it's a breath by breath. And you know it's always worth it. Because it is always found. And when it is found, it springs to life to make seen that which was hidden. To make clear that which was confused before. So part of our practice is, I must look for the light. Especially because this world, it's a lot to hold right now. And I, like so many people, well, I must do what I can not to lose courage. Keep my head up, shoulders back, 
So news like Judge Jackson's appointment, well, it makes things a little easier. Now, I, I know the Hindu scripture, the Gita, it cautions us against being too lifted up by good news and too smashed down by bad news. I know. I know. And yet, I love what U.S. Senator Cory Booker said about Judge Jackson's appointment. Judge Jackson, you are my harbinger of hope. When you ascend onto the highest court in the land, I'm going to rejoice. The United States of America will be better because of you. Now, why exactly does Senator Cory Booker think that the United States of America will be better now? Well, I can't speak for him, but I suspect it's because he like so many people, can see clearly how much we need more women making decisions that matter. Not only for their own lives, but for the nation and for the world. So I've been looking for the light. And I found some on this 4th of July weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. I found some in the list of people who will be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom this month. These are people who have overcome significant obstacles or have dedicated their lives to advocating for the most vulnerable among us so that they too may be free. Or they're people who have acted with bravery and loyalty here locally and across the world, blazing trails for generations to come so that we all may be free. And do you know, the light for me is that women make up just over half of the recipients. And to me, their names on the list, it's my harbinger of hope and light in the velvet darkness of the blackest night. Here are some bright lights. Gymnast Simone Biles, the most decorated U.S. gymnast in history and an outspoken advocate on athletes' mental health and children in foster care and sexual assault victims. God bless women. Sandra Lindsay, the New York City nurse who rolled up her sleeve on national television live in December 2020 to receive the first COVID-19 vaccine. To lead the way, God bless women. Sister Simone Campbell, former executive director of Network, a social justice organization for overhauling the U.S. immigration system and healthcare policy. Say it with me. God bless women. Julieta Garcia, former president of the University of Texas, Brownsville, the first Latina to become a college president and was named by Times Magazine to be one of the nation's best college presidents. Say it with me. God bless women. Diane Nash, founding member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee who organized um, some of the most important 20th century civil rights campaigns and she worked with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. too. God bless women. 
and Megan Rapinoe, the um, Olympic gold medalist and World Cup soccer champion and prominent advocate for gender pay equality and racial justice and for ending homophobia and transphobia. God bless women. And Wilma Vaught, a brigadier general, one of the most decorated women in U.S. military history, breaking gender barriers as she rose through the ranks and retired one of only seven female generals in the armed forces. God bless women. And Gabrielle Giffords, former U.S. House member from Arizona who founded an organization dedicated to ending gun violence and who was shot in the head in January 2022 in Tucson and was gravely wounded. God bless women. Oh, you know, in 2020, our organization, Centers for Spiritual Living, published a statement for International Women's Day. And we took our global vision words and adapted them to focus on women. We see a world where all women, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, daughters, transgender women, and people who identify as female are celebrated and honored. We see a world in which women have autonomy over their bodies, a world in which all women and their children have enough food, clothing, and safe shelter. We see a world where all women know love and respect and are loved and respected and where every woman can pursue the life that calls to her. God bless women. Love and respect. You know, our theme for July is all about that, about love and relationship. And, and this month we're talking about it all. Love for each other, love for ourselves, love for the divine. And we're talking about it through the filter of relationship, how we need each other and what we mean to each other. How when one of us is oppressed, we all suffer and this week, uh, we begin with self-love. It tells us right here in our journal. The topic is me, myself, and I. And I read that topic and I thought, you know, at times like this in the world where so many people are experiencing helplessness and despair and anger, it seems like we ought to be focusing more on helping each other. You know, rather than on ourselves, you know, me, myself, and I, maybe the topic should be we ourselves, each other. And yet, a good, solid, strong, shameless dose of self-love is super helpful. Look, we've got the whole month, so we'll get to the us part of it. So we can just pause today. Because, you know, there's a, a beautiful balance to be made between loving self, loving others, and loving the divine. It's like there are three equal spokes on a wheel, and one cannot be removed. So the message today is simply this. Take loving care of yourself also. That's all. It's important. You are necessary 
You are valuable. Now, some may ask, isn't it a bit selfish right now in the world? Isn't it a bit selfish to be focusing on yourself and taking care of yourself? Well, if that's all you are doing all of the time, just taking care of yourself persistently, then you're likely missing one of those other smokes. And it's going to get bumpy. That's what will happen. You know, similarly, if you're all empty and depleted, you're also missing a spoke. And then when you're empty and depleted, everything and everyone around you gets less from you. It's like when I'm not all prayed up, when I'm not eating well, when I'm not sleeping well, when I'm not taking breaks from the news, <laughs> when I'm not doing some of the things that I love to do, I can still function in the world. I can still do good in the world, but not as effectively as I might be able to because a spoke is missing. I don't listen as well. I don't speak as kindly as I know I can. I don't recover as quickly from setbacks. So I see that taking care of myself is part of taking care of the world. At the Center for Spiritual Living, we are taught that there is something within, a light at the center of our being that is permanent and persistent that we did not create and we cannot uncreate. And though it may become covered over, even disguised or forgotten, it persists forever and ever. And despite everything that happens in our lives, that light remains beautifully in its original state, not broken, beautiful, and if we could only get that and live from that and nurture that light and take loving care of it, oh, what a difference that would make of, to our experience of being. Many of us are on the journey of trying to get to that that awareness. It may be one of the reasons why we show up at a place like this. Because we sense that light is there, but it feels so covered over by the world, by our own history, that from time to time we might need help remembering it is there so that we can reclaim it, refocus it, Release it. In a small Buddhist temple, there was a ten and a half foot clay Buddha statue. In 1957, the monks had to move it because of a relocation of the temple. And anyway, in the move, there was some complication, and I think it was rain. And the Buddha slipped off the scaffolding and came crashing down and cracked. 
During the night, one of the monks went to expect the damage in the rain covered by a, to a to plastic or something like that. And with the lantern, noticed that in the crack there was something glinting under the clay. And gathered the monks together and they chipped away to, to discover that there under the clay was a solid gold Buddha worth $196 million or something like that. Now, apparently, years before, a foreign army was about to invade the land, and the monks, realizing that their temple would be plundered, they set about covering the gold Buddha with clay to keep their treasure hidden. Unfortunately, the invading army slaughtered everyone, leaving the secret a secret, forgotten, hidden, but not lost. It's just something to think about. I imagine that there are a few people in this very room who may have forgotten that underneath it all, even under the dull, brittle exterior of life, there is a Buddha of gold, a being of gleaming wisdom and strength and value, a light. Something inside of you is amazing. Something inside of you is beautiful. Something inside of you is of God. Now, I don't know about you, but there have certainly been times in my life when I have felt like less than a perfect representation of that inner God quality. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I, well, I have behaved in such a way that you would say it was inconsistent with the principles of our teaching. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I have not been proud of my innermost thought. And over time, I have forgotten more and more and more that which lives within. Maybe you too. I read a long time ago a wonderful little book, now a classic called Chicken Soup for the Soul. In it, there is a story about a nun who taught in um, Minnesota. And one of her classes was junior high math. And she tells the story, one Friday, things just didn't feel right. We worked hard on a new concept all week, and I sensed that the students were growing frustrated with themselves and with the math, I'm sure, and edgy with one another. I had to stop this crankiness before it got out of hand, so I asked them to list the names of the other students in the room on two sheets of paper, leaving a space between each name. Then I told them to think of the nicest thing they could say about each of their classmates and write it down. That Saturday, I wrote down the name of each student on a separate piece of paper, and I listed what everyone else had seen and said about that individual. On Monday, I gave each student her or his list. Some of them ran two pages long. 
Before long, the entire class was smiling. Really? I heard whispered. I never knew that meant anything to anyone. I didn't know people thought about me that way. Then no one mentioned those papers in class again, and the group of students moved on. And then several years later, after the teacher was returning from vacation, her parents met her at the airport with some sad news that one of her students had been killed in war. And they went to the funeral. After the funeral, she writes, most of his former classmates headed to a farmhouse for lunch. His mother and father were there, obviously waiting for me. They said, we want to show you something, taking a wallet out of their pocket. They found this on Mark, the student, when he was killed. We thought you might recognize it. Opening the billfold, he carefully removed two worn pieces of notebook paper that had obviously been taped, folded, and refolded many times. I knew without looking that the papers were the ones on which I had listed all the good things each of Mark's classmates had said about him. Thank you so much for doing that, Mark's mother said. As you can see, Mark treasured it. Few of us know just how beloved we are. Few of us know just how precious our lives are. Few of us know just how wonderful we are. And if we don't know this about ourselves, perhaps it will be difficult for us to recognize it in others. And worse, we might forget the light that causes our wonderfulness. We might stop giving our gift. We might forget. One of my favorite illustrations comes from the world of music, classical music, the composer Giuseppe Verdi, famous composer of operas, born in Italy in 18-something. And he was given his first music lesson by the local organist in his town, the town organist. And the people of his town were so impressed that they, put, they started a GoFundMe campaign <laughs> and they raised money to send him to the Milan Conservatory where he was turned away, denied admission because he was too old and too poorly trained. What if he stopped there? What if he listened to them when they said... <laughs> What if he didn't believe in the music that was in him? What if he didn't know that there was a creative power with him that had to come out? Oh my God. We would not have some of the world's greatest operas. No Aida. No Macbeth. 
No La Traviata, no Il Travettore, no Don Carlo, no Atella, no Falstaff. Oh, what will we have to go without if you hold back? What will we have to endure alone in this world if you do not realize that with all that you have done and all that you have done wrong and all that you have done wrong, that there is a light within you that remains in its original state. Beautiful. We need you. We depend on you. Side note. The contents of the Verdi Museum are now permanently housed at the Opera House in Milan. Until 1929, these precious relics were kept at the house which Verdi had built for aged musicians. <laughs> Is it selfish to love yourself and to take loving care of yourself? It's essential that you do. It's essential that you keep a close, loving connection with the light that is at the center of your being. The permanent, persistent light that you didn't create and that you cannot uncreate. It's essential that you come to love it and trust it and to know it as the real you of you. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, said, in the independence of your own mind, believe and feel that you are wonderful. That is not conceit, he said. It is the truth. What can be more wonderful than the manifestation of the living spirit as you? Now next week, we are shifting to loving one another from me to we. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about how together we create and can create society. It's going to be a lovely month. So I invite you to breathe in now and to exhale to let these words of affirmation be as if they are your own. My strength and courage comes from the living spirit within me. The living spirit within me is the creator of all things, of everything that is seen and unseen, of everything that is above and below, inside and outside. Today I acknowledge the strength and power of this living spirit as the ever-present, persistent authority in my life. It is the light of my life. Today I begin to explore that light so that I can increase my trust in it and confidence in it. The light of the living spirit is the power in my thinking and in my words. Its warmth is the love in my heart. 
Its power holds and sustains me and guides me in everything I do. So today, I let myself rest confidently in the awareness of this light within. And doing so gives me great calm and peace. Today I draw upon the power of the living spirit within me to guide me in everything that I do so that its unconditional beauty may be present in the world through my actions. Today I go about with a glad heart. I look for signs of the light. And I realize that wherever I go, it goes with me. And so it is. <laughs>